You are now tuned in to the December 26th podcast, where we encourage you to be extraordinary on an ordinary day. Hey, 26ers, welcome to another episode of the December 26er podcast. I am your host, Delisha. As always, so happy to be with you. Now, if you are a weekly listener, you probably are tired of hearing me say this, but my producer makes me. Please do not forget to rate, review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. Your efforts to help us grow this little community do not go unnoticed, and they are much appreciated. Keep those posts coming. Keep tagging me. I do check all of them, and I'm just thankful. I'm thankful that you guys are on this train with me and doing what you can to try to increase awareness about the 26er community. So let's jump right into our chat for today. I know we're in a time of year where people, no matter where they fall on the religious spectrum, spend a lot of time thinking about what they can give up, how they can get more spiritually grounded, how they can get mental clarity, et cetera, et cetera. So I often use this time for a lot of reflection as well. And it sort of spawned uh, today's topic. If you know me personally, or if you've been listening to any of the prior episodes, you probably already know that I am big on productivity. I'm big on achievement. I'm big on setting goals for your life and taking the bull by the horns and moving confidently towards them. All of those points are valid, but that's not what I want to focus on today. Uh, As I've been spending some time sort of reflecting on the most transformational periods of my life and what has had the most lasting impact, interestingly, Where I place the most value at this stage is not necessarily all of the times that I was making all those great strides. One of the greatest tipping points in my life, one of the greatest transformational periods actually is a season in which I chose to give up on being great. Now, you've heard me allude to this in previous episodes. In the premiere, in episode one, I talked about how hitting rock bottom really set me on a path to reinvention. Then a couple of episodes later, I spoke about how sometimes we're faced with crises or traumas that knock us down in such a way that all we can really do is the bare minimum. And in that instance, it's okay to just rest and let the chips fall where they may. You've also heard me reference a year in my life where I was experiencing all manner of loss and breakups and just everything bad was happening all at once and really just sent me to a really, really dark place. So I've alluded to these things in a couple of different episodes, but I want to get into it a little more deeply today because I think it's an important topic to cover. I think all of us want to strive and thrive and we want to be the best we can be at all times and achieve at a really high level. But I'm a firm believer that some Sometimes giving up. And what I mean by giving up, I don't mean throwing in the towel. I mean, literally just taking a step back and doing what it is that you have to do without feeling pressure to be this great, amazing person who's running around with their superwoman or superman cape on. Why sometimes taking that approach is actually being extraordinary and why sometimes taking the time to unpack and living in what we might consider a state of monotony will actually help you to progress significantly farther and a lot more quickly once you've taken the time to do so. So a little more on my personal story. I have been a practicing attorney for over eight years now, and I spent a large portion of that time working in private practice with creatives and young startups and technology, new media, and 
and entertainment. And all at the same time, it was probably the most fun and the least fun I've ever had. If you are an entrepreneur, you probably know exactly what I mean by that. Entrepreneurship is incredibly stressful. It comes with the highest of highs and really low lows. And I experienced quite a few of both. I was under a crushing amount of expenses. I was under a lot of pressure dealing with clients that could be really needy and entitled. Also, uh, I had a couple of business deals that just went all wrong through no fault of my own, but cost me a lot, both financially and, and otherwise. And it got to a point where I realized I wasn't enjoying it anymore and I needed to make a change. So at that point, I didn't decide to close my practice, but I did decide that I was going to give up my office. So I had this office on Fifth Avenue that I had rented. It was actually the second Fifth Avenue office that I had, but I rented because I felt like I needed it to give me credibility and to help me earn respect within the legal community and beyond, particularly as a young woman of color. I thought it was necessary to keep up appearances. More on that in another episode. But in any event, that office and everything that came with it was just another stressor for me. And I started to evaluate whether it was even necessary. And my lease was up for renewal. And I was like, you know what? I'm done. I grabbed my brother. One night we went to the office. The furniture came with the office. So I grabbed my equipment, all of my files, all my personal belongings, left the water cooler that was mine, loaded my car and did not look back. I was done. I didn't know how clients were going to respond. I didn't know how this was even going to affect my practice, but I just knew in that moment that I was over it. So after that, my career and my practice went through a number of different iterations and I tried a couple of different business models and nothing was really clicking. And before long, I was feeling like I was kind of back at square one. And to keep it all the way real, my money was getting funny because while I'm trying to figure all this out and explain to people that I don't have an office and why I made that decision, the business development aspect of, of my practice was suffering. And I found myself in dire straits in terms of income. And I was like, okay, I'm not ready to go out there again and go full steam ahead in this lane. I don't even know if it's for me, but I've got to do something in the interim. And it was at that moment that I decided I don't have to be great right now. I just have to do what I need to do to survive. That's the moment that it happened for me. And eventually I found this really basic contract gig where I was a cog in a corporate wheel. I was way overqualified. And you, you know what that means. If I was overqualified, then I took a huge pay cut to work there. I wasn't getting paid what I was worth. Um, it was work that I had way too much legal acumen and experience to be doing. But it was enough to fill the crack, as my late grandmother would say. It was enough to help me to keep my head above water while I was figuring out my next move. So I kind of walked into this gig with the expectation that, OK, I'll do this and I'll continue to work with the handful of clients that I have left. And in a couple of months, all will be clear and I'll walk away and take the next step for me. Believe it or not, I did not take that next step for nearly a year. I spent 11 whole months in that basic contract work and trying to balance that with salvaging what was left of my practice before all became clear and the next set of opportunities presented themselves. 
Now, there will be people who hear this podcast episode who know me personally and will be thinking, well, when was this? Because you never told me about it. And frankly, I didn't tell a lot of people. And that was out of shame. Imagine going from having a Fifth Avenue office and working and collaborating with some really fun, innovative companies and talent, some names people recognize, and also being on guest lists to the hot parties and events in New York and in the Hamptons and taking photos with people of a certain notoriety. Imagine going from that to then doing the most basic work behind a computer screen for eight to 12 hours a day and just trying to work with whatever's left of your client base. Even though much of this was a conscious decision on my part, I didn't know how to explain it to people. I was coming from a place of ego. I didn't know what they would think of me. I thought they would see me as a failure or or have sympathy or feel pity for me. And I didn't want any of that. So the best thing I knew to do at the time was to retreat. Now, in hindsight, that season in my life, that 11 months was the best thing that ever happened to me. It was the best thing that ever happened to my career. It made me a better person. It made me a better lawyer. And it set me on the path to some of the things I have going on right now. But in the moment, I just felt like I was stuck. I felt like I was stagnant. Everything had stalled. I was in a place of monotony, which for me is terrible. I need excitement. I need change. I need new things on the horizon like most 26ers. That's why I do this podcast every week because I know a lot of you are out there struggling with that too. But that monotony was killing me. It was necessary, but there was a time where I felt like, wow, there was a point where I had influence and I felt like I was doing things that people could applaud and I could feel proud of. And now here I am just doing the same thing day in and day out. And I know I have way more to offer the world. But I stuck with it, okay? There were a lot of moves I could have made in that time, but I waited for the right move. And I am so happy that I did. Let me just be frank with you. It is still pretty difficult for me to disclose certain aspects of my personal story. I am a very private person by nature, so it takes work for me to open up in this way. But I do it because, A, I have to remind myself that there is nothing for me to be ashamed of. Every chapter of my story has contributed to who I am as a person and is significant to my journey. And also I do it because I know many of you are probably in a similar predicament and maybe getting down on yourself about it. You may have chosen a specific career path or taken a job or set out on a journey because it was all you could find at the time. Maybe it was the path of least resistance, or you might have been in a situation where you took a gig because it was all you had the mental or emotional capacity to handle at the time. Or you may have taken it because it gave you the time and space to also work on a side hustle that you hoped would become a main hustle. And fast forward, a bunch of time has passed and maybe that side hustle is still just that and you feel a little bit stuck. Or in the alternative, maybe you're someone who has been chasing your dream 100% nonstop and things just aren't working and you've got to make a change and you're afraid to take a step back. You may feel like a failure if you've got to go in a different direction and maybe put that dream on hold or modify uh, what it looks like. You may feel like people are going to judge you for that decision or maybe you're judging yourself. I am here to tell you today, you've got to change your definition of what you think it means to be great, what you think it means to be extraordinary. You may be working under the assumption that being great, being extraordinary means coming up with dreams and aspirations and goals for your life and then envisioning a path to get there and staying on that path no matter what. But actually, being great, being extraordinary means having the courage to decide when the course that you're on is incorrect and being willing to take a step back without judgment for yourself and without a care or concern about what other people will think and being still until you get clear on what the right path is for you to get there. 
When I said that during that season of my life, I gave up on being great, what I meant was I gave up on my old belief system about what it really means to be great. As 26ers, we think that forging ahead on whatever path we're on is the only way to achieve greatness, the only way to be extraordinary. However, that moment of stillness, that moment of not knowing what's next and not knowing how to proceed and waiting until you receive a sign or have some clarity about what to do, it takes an immense amount of courage to stand proudly in that. And instead of judging yourself or allowing other people to judge you for the choices that you've made, you ought to be applauding yourself for the ability to stretch and remain open to the idea that there's a better way and waiting for that better way to make itself clear to you. So if you're in this season, if you're in what you feel like is a dead end job or you're doing something that's not your life's work, you're waiting for your moment in the sun to help you figure out how to get back on the path and make significant strides again. I want to help you to get through this season and see it for the blessing and the gift that it is. How do you see it as a gift? First and foremost, you've got to use these mundane and monotonous periods as an opportunity to see yourself as enough without the accolades and accomplishments. There's a quote from the site Tiny Buddha that I like. It says, you are enough always. Never doubt this. There is nothing to add, but feel free to expand. This is a message that I didn't really get until my life was stripped down to the bare bones, stripped to the bare minimum. Before then, like most 26ers, my view of myself was always through this lens of achievement. But when that achievement and those accomplishments weren't coming fast and furious like they had been previously, I was forced to change my view of myself. I was forced to change my message. And it was in that moment that I was able to decide, you know what? I don't need to be fixed. I don't need to be better. Everything that's happening in my life, whether things are being taken from me or given to me, it's just meant to expand me. It's meant to expand my view of myself and of the world. And right now I might be stripped down to the bare bones, but guess what? I'm building a solid foundation and everything that comes after that foundation has been built is going to be steady and it's going to be secure because I've taken the time and I've taken the steps to get that foundation in place first. Okay, another way in which you can see this time as a gift. It is a perfect opportunity to learn how to be okay with major lifestyle changes. When you're making a drastic decision to change directions or be still with no direction at all until one makes itself clear, it may mean that you have less prestigious connections. It may mean that you have less money. It may mean that maybe life is just not as exciting. And I experienced all of this on my journey. I had gone from getting countless invitations each week to some of the most exclusive events in town, people creating opportunities for me to hobnob with names that we all know just to help me increase my visibility and raise my profile to really being off people's radar altogether. And I don't think it was something that was intentional. It was just a classic case of out of sight, out of mind. And this didn't mess with my psyche too much because I know how plastic and superficial all of it can be anyway. But what really got to me was my financial situation, particularly given the credentials that I have. I mean, what do people associate lawyers with? Money. Many of us go to law school, especially those who are going into it with the intention of going into corporate work or big law, doing so knowing that it will afford us a certain lifestyle. You go into it thinking, OK, I'm going to be financially secure for life. And that wasn't really my story at that point in time. But there was an unintended benefit to all of this. It taught me how to be a master at money management. I'm not going to say I was terrible at money before that, but there was definitely some room for growth. 
You want to become financially savvy? Listen, get yourself into a situation where you have to live on a lot less. That's the quickest way to learn the lessons you need to learn around money management. And this was crucial for me because when the seasons in my life changed and I had access to more financial resources, I was better at managing them. I was better at making wiser decisions. I was better at helping my money to work for me. So I brought this up because When you're in these seasons of change, it can often feel like you're being stripped of everything that you know. And if that's happening, it's because you probably need to know something else. That's the plainest way I can put it. There's a message. There's a lesson that's trying to get to you. And I know it could feel like misery when you're in it, but that's life working to equip you and to prepare you for what's next. Everything builds on everything else. So do not dismay. Try to see the gift and the beauty and the fact that Life is bringing you the lessons and the tools that you need to be prepared for the new journey that you're going to be on. Because trust and believe, at some point, that tide is going to turn. And this time, my friend, you're going to be ready when it does. Okay, another way to see this time and this season when you're stepping back as a gift. See it as a moment to trade in your virtual connections for real ones. And there are a couple of reasons why this is a good idea. First and foremost, it's a bit escapist, but it's a worthy point to make. It gives you a chance to block out all of the distractions of seeing how other people's lives are moving on. This is crucial because it will happen. While you're busy taking a step back, the people you know will be moving on without you. While you are in a period that feels like maybe a holdup while you're trying to figure out what direction you should be moving in, other people will be leveling up. I definitely experienced this in my time of giving up on being great. I had friends that I was close to who were getting married, buying homes, having children. There were people who I had spoken on panels with or shared a headline with for speaking engagements who were getting magazine covers and all kinds of press and launching new initiatives. And I had basically fallen off the face of the planet with nothing really to report. Now, I'm not saying I cut these people off. I'm just saying I unplugged from looking at their lives through a virtual lens. Yes, I mean, I stopped checking social media all the time. I've never been a huge social media user, but I scaled back even more during this period in my life. And that's because I knew all I was going to see was what they were choosing to show me, which was all the good, which was just going to remind me of all the bad or non-existent things in my life. And I'm sure you guys have heard about the studies. Studies show that social media contributes to depression. Studies also show that people who frequently switch between applications and engage in social media on multiple devices often end up multitasking, which leads to poorer attention, cognition, and mood. And it probably doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure this out, but it's been proven that the exposure to highly idealized representations of your peers on social media elicits feelings of envy and the distorted belief that others lead happier, more successful lives. And listen, I know this to be true because if you were to go back and look at my social media during that time of transition, other than significant posts about, say, the death of a loved one, you wouldn't have any idea what I was going through at that time because I chose not to disclose it. We all pick and choose what we disclose to the public or our audience on social media. So even though we know everyone is doing that, something happens in our minds when we actually see it there on the screen. And it somehow leads us to believe that we failed while everybody else is on the glow up. So I'm not telling you to cut everybody off because you have a fear that they're going to be doing better than you and you don't want to see it. I'm just saying don't remove yourself from those people and relegate your interactions with them to just being a voyeur online because you're only going to see a part of the story. 
This brings me to the next reason why it's important to get off of social media, get off the internet, and meet people in person instead. In addition to it being a bit escapist, it also fulfills a need for human connection, which I promise you, you will have during this season. It's important to connect with people and share what it is that you're going through. And if a friend is a real friend and they're sincere and genuine, no matter how great of an uptick they might be on, they will be able to offer a listening ear to you and maybe even some guidance on how to make it through the season that you're in. And if they're willing to be 100% honest, you're probably going to find that they're going through their own set of challenges despite what's on the gram or Facebook. I don't care who you are. We are all navigating our own set of obstacles. Doesn't matter what's on paper or what's on screen. We're all out here just trying to make it. So my obstacles may look different than yours, but it doesn't mean that they are non-existent. And I've been in situations and you probably have too, where you've seen somebody's life online and you're like, man, they haven't made. And you meet up with them and talk to them in person. And it's like, Actually, I don't envy you at all. (laughs) We've all been there. And I'm not saying that somebody else has to be down for you to feel up. What I'm saying is that I wish we were just all a little bit more honest about what it is that we are going through. And that's why I encourage you to avoid the internet and instead meet people where they are and share your experiences because they may be able to lift you up and you may be able to do the same even in this season of what appears to be stagnancy. And lastly, it's just good to use this time while you have it because there's going to come a moment when you're on a new path and you're operating fully in what you've been put on this planet to do. And you may not have the bandwidth to connect and interact with people in the way that you can right now. So again, it's all a blessing. It's all a gift. You just have to have the right perspective. So that is my time. But I just want you to know if you are living in the shadows right now, if you are living at what feels like a standstill, if you're stuck in that dead end job, if you've made decisions to just put the brakes on everything and now you're trying to figure out what's next, if it feels like your dream is never going to manifest, it is all temporary. Take what you can from this season. Use this time to really know deep down that you are enough. Be okay with the lifestyle changes and be open to the lessons that they are meant to teach you. Do not be afraid to reach out for human connection. And now it's probably more important than ever. Remember to be extraordinary on an ordinary day. Take care. Thank you for listening to the December 26th podcast. I am your host, Delisha. This episode was produced by Demarcus Adisa and music was provided by Tovo. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at December 26th. That's December 26ER.